Hello, friends. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast from First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I'm Drew Shelley, one of the pastors here. It is our hope and prayer that the message you hear today will help you connect deeply with the love of God we know in Jesus. Also, we'd love to connect with you so that we can share life and faith together. If you'd like more information about this church family, or if you want us to contact you, you can visit our website, fumcm.org, or you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at FUMC Borough. If you're looking for a place to belong, we have that place for you in one of our classes or small groups, as a part of one of our mission teams, or in either our modern or traditional worship services, which both meet at 1015 on Sunday mornings. First United Methodist Church is a warm and welcoming community of people committed to the idea of growing disciples of Jesus Christ who know Him, love Him, and serve Him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. We hope this week's message helps you in your own personal journey towards knowing, loving, and serving Jesus in your life. Loving and holy God, we are here. We pray that you would just be present in this moment, that you would open our hearts and our minds to hear something from you. God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Amen. This morning, I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit out of the ordinary. It may feel uncomfortable at moments, and it may take you outside of your comfort zone, but if you'll just go with me, let yourself feel the discomfort. Embrace whatever it is that God is saying to us today. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. I know that's a little daring because we're all tired, but I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. I want you to envision yourself in the place that you call home, whether it be the place where you grow, grew up or the place where you raised your children, or maybe it's the place that you physically live now. I want you to find the place in your mind and heart that is home. For you? What does it smell like? Does it smell like cinnamon rolls as you open your eyes, drawing you to the kitchen for breakfast? Or maybe it's coffee. Or maybe it's freshly cut grass. Or maybe it's like my home, a scent of vanilla or something baking in the oven. When you look around, what do you see? Do you see your neighbor's kids and your kids playing in the front yard? Do you see the person delivering the mail? Do you see the fire crackling in the fireplace? What do you hear? Do you hear your neighbor cutting their grass or is the radio on? Are the kids screaming at one another? Is the train moving through town tooting its horn or are there planes overhead? 
What does it feel like? Does it feel safe? Do you feel comforted? Do you feel secure there? Do you feel like no one can touch you there? Now imagine that you received a dream in the middle of the night that said to you, your family is no longer safe here. Someone is out to get them, take them far away. How do you feel now? Anxious? Insecure? Afraid? Panicked? A bit lost like you don't know what to do? Maybe discombobulated? What do you hear? Can you still hear the things that you heard before? Or has your listening changed from the things that bring you comfort and peace to the things around you that could cause harm? What do you see? Do you suspect every person that you see is out to get you or your family? Do you see what once was and long for the day when it will be again? What do you do? Do you just lay in bed and hope that it was a bad dream? Do you get up and start packing right away? Do you wake up your spouse or family and say, we've got to go now? Are you looking over your shoulder, making sure no one sees you as you leave? What do you do? You can open your eyes. I would venture to say that this is exactly where Joseph was on the night that he had this dream. While this wasn't the first time that Joseph had received instructions in a dream from God, there was something about this dream that had urgency to it. Maybe Joseph wakes up from that dream in a panic, packs everything he can for himself, for Mary, and for this baby that they are now responsible for, for this baby that they love. I can imagine that as he wakes Mary and tells her what's going on, she is just as perplexed and anxious as he is. And then they go outside. They go by night so that no one would recognize them, or, or maybe it's because there are less witnesses at night. As they turn each corner, maybe Joseph is looking over his shoulder, making sure that no one is following them. And every time that they see a soldier as they move through the town, he is just praying that they are not seen or recognized. He knows that was what once was, was a place where they felt safe, where they enjoyed the food, where they knew the dialect. That place was no longer safe. They finally make it out of the city and find themselves on a journey to an unknown place. Isn't it ironic that God leads them to Egypt? A place where scripture taught was a place of oppression for the people of Israel and is now a place of refuge for the Holy Family. They find themselves in an unknown land where they know no one, trying to find and figure out what it means to feel safe and secure again, figuring out what it means to be home. 
home. From the moment that Jesus was born, home seems to be a bit of an elusive place. Mary and Joseph didn't go back to where they came from on that fateful night that Jesus was born. It seems that they stayed in Bethlehem and settled down there. We find them having just experienced this visit from the Magi who brought lovely gifts for this King of the Jews, this Messiah, this Christ child. We find ourselves sitting in a place of awe, that place of excitement that Christmas Eve and Christmas Day brings us, where the promise of Christ's life seems bright and shining, so momentous, so filled with hope and joy. It can be a bit puzzling that immediately following those verses that really represent hope, we find Jesus, Mary, and Joseph already in a bit of trouble, already being surrounded by the darkness that surrounds this child of light and already seeking refuge in a new place to protect themselves and their young child. It took no time at all for Matthew to move from this glorious and holy moment of Christ's birth to helping the reader recognize the brokenness that Jesus came into. In our scriptures this morning, we find ourselves coming face to face with fear. Fear of the unknown, fear in losing power, fear in death, fear. As we have already said, there was fear in Joseph, fear for his child, fear, fear for his wife. Yet rather than allowing the fear of the unknown to stop him from moving ahead, he did just that. He took a leap of faith, hoping and praying that God would protect them as God said God would. The other reason that the scripture brings us face to face with fear, though, is because of the reaction of a person in power, namely Herod, who wasn't necessarily a bad man. He was a man who was scared and paranoid and made a lot of really bad decisions out of his fear. He's often portrayed to be a bad man because of all of the things that he did during his time in power. For him, power was the most important thing. And no matter who he had to step on to get it, he was going to get it, including killing part of his own family. Because of that, he had lived his life in such a way that made him consistently fear others rising to power over him. It was likely that Herod was always looking over his shoulder, much like Joseph, trying to figure out who was out to get them and why. You see, Herod was given this position from his father, but Herod had to keep it, and he made sure that he did. And now this king of the Jews, this baby, has been born, and the only way that he knew how to not be afraid of it was to defeat it to get rid of it. So he had a plan. 
He asked the wise men to bring him back information about where this child was so that he could go worship him. When he realized that the wise men were not going to return with this information and that he, that he had been tricked, he was angry. And in a jealous rage, he gave orders that all the boys in Bethlehem and the vicinity around it that were two years old and under were to be killed. He responded out of fear. He had fought so long he wasn't going to lose now to a baby. You see, this massacre of children that took place is a great loss of innocence that was an act of cruelty, cruelty that Herod had lived out time and again. Cruelty that we have seen before if you look back into the book of Exodus where we find Moses floating in a river. And as much as we would just like to skip this part because it's sad and it's hard and we don't necessarily understand why Matthew felt it was important to tell us about, it is important for us to recognize that Jesus didn't just come into a world that was willing and ready to receive him. He came into a broken world, a world that desperately needed what Jesus had to offer but was terrified of what that could mean. And many of which who would fight tooth and nail against him at moments simply because they were afraid. You see, the gospel, if it's going to be any good news at all, must somehow contend with these realities of the world. And violence is one of those realities. It doesn't make it okay. It's still hard. It's still sad. But it does show us what Jesus came into. Jesus came into the world to make a difference. When one comes to make a change, they are going to meet opposition. They are going to meet fear. They are going to meet people who challenge them. And they are going to challenge people. They will challenge who they are, where they've come from, and where they're going from here. Jesus came to move us from one place to the next. And I think one of the things that we learn about Jesus immediately in the book of Matthew is that he knew what it was like to be the least of these. If you read most of Jesus' teaching, he's often talking about the least of these. From the very beginning, he lived that out. To be the one without a room to be born in to be the one who had to flee his home to be safe and to live in a new place, not as one who was like the rest of them, but one who was different, as one who didn't have a home. How does this challenge us? It challenges us to recognize that God does call on us. And in different ways, God gives us this call, just as he gave to Joseph when he said, go take Jesus, protect Jesus. But it also means that we have to recognize that what is may not always be. But who has come can change who we are, can move us, 
It can make us extremely uncomfortable. It can cause us to get out of our comfort zone. It can ask us to push ourselves beyond what we can know. It can challenge us to confront our fears rather than allowing them to predict our actions. And it can allow us to know and love and welcome the Christ child who comes not as one of us, who is like us, but as an unlikely traveler seeking home and refuge in the storm of life. May it be so in your life. May it be so in mine. In the name of the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer, may the people of God say,